Are you in your 40s, approaching your 40s, past your 40s, and wondering, what the F is happening to my body, in my relationships, with my family, in my career, generally all the things. If so, then you're in the right place. We're your hosts. I'm Beth. And I'm Dana. We're here to bring people together to explore and have real, raw conversation about being 40-ish. So welcome to What the 40-ish, a podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to What the 40-ish, a podcast. This is Dana and Beth here. We're super excited you're here listening to us again, (laughs) hopefully. Uh, We have an interesting conversation today. Um, and an interesting guest who um, I'm sure everybody's heard of like gut health and how it's like your second brain now. And it kind of was like a big buzzword probably for the last like four-ish years, I would say. And, and then, you know, there's been a lot of health awareness about gut health out there. So we have on the show today, Samantha Vickers, who is our gut health expert, I should say. She's, she is a holistic wellness educator. This is kind of her passion project is uh, this wellness and gut health bend. So welcome, Samantha. We're so happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. It's so great to be here. And yeah, I, I do. I love gut health. I have my own gut health journey. I, I would love to share with you guys. And, you know, it really is I feel like health in general and wellness really has to be a holistic issue. It has to be something that we tackle all sides, but the physical side usually is that side that, um, really takes us down (laughs) if we don't take care of it. And we can't, we can't get to the emotional side. We can't get to, you know, reading good books and educating ourselves or anything else, unless we've taken care of our physical health. And so that's a huge part of, you know, what I do, my passion of keeping people healthy and living that holistic lifestyle is if it's okay. I just wanted to share, you know, kind of my, my, okay. Yeah. We want to hear it. Let's hear it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I, I am a mom to five kids. They're awesome. and Amazing. I love them all. Um, 16 down to six and, you know, for being a mom, I always wanted to be a mom. I always wanted to, you know, be there for my kids and take care of them and just give myself wholeheartedly to them. And I did, I did that. And what happened as I was doing that is I, I kind of forgot to take care of myself for many, many years and when I had my last baby is when my, my health really started come crashing down and tumbling, you know, into little bits really. And I would eat the same things as my family and I would be violently ill a couple of hours later. And I was discussing this with one of my friends and she has celiac disease. And she's like, you have got to go to my specialist. I am pretty sure that's what you have because my symptoms were so extreme and so often she's like, this is, you know, this is probably what's going on. This is probably what, what's happening to you. Um, and it was getting to a point where it, it was affecting, you know, not only my quality of life, but our family, you know, we would go and go to do activities together and, you know, have something to eat. And I mean, we couldn't even stay there because I would feel so sick and, you know, and then I'd be up all night long. And I was like, I was telling my husband, like, I don't know what is going on. I don't know how to fix this. And so I started really educating myself and really diving deeper into 
what I could do to, to fix this and to figure out what was going on. And I realized that there are three major things that really, really irritate and affect our gut health. And those are going to be, you guys have probably all heard them, but gluten, dairy, and sugar. And, you know, and those are always the things that everyone's like, no, I want those things. Yeah. <laughs> those are like the best things in life, you know? And, um, but I, I went off of gluten and I did go off of dairy and I cut, cut out as much sugar as possible. And I will just, I don't know if either of you have ever tried to cut out sugar, but that's pretty tricky because there is so much sugar added into every single thing in our lives and in our food. And, you know, so it's, it's pretty, pretty, um, tedious to cut out sugar in your diet. And, but I did cut out those three things and I really started to, um, do things for my body that would help it. And for my gut. And I started to add in, um, you know, eating things like whole fibers and, you know, making sure that I had pre and probiotics and, and things like that for my gut health and taking special herbs that would, would help. And, you know, those things over the next six months, um, really changed my life because it, it gave me my health back. I didn't have celiac disease. You guys, I had leaky gut. I had such extreme leaky gut that I was having symptoms of celiac disease, which is, is terrifying. Really. If you think about it, because then you go and you're sitting there thinking, I have something that is really going to change my life completely in, you know, and I'm not saying that any, anything, you know, is going to be, you know, unsurmountable. Uh, You can definitely overcome any, any diagnosis that you have. I really do feel that in my heart, but you know, it would be major lifestyle changes for myself, my family, for my whole life, not just for a little bit. And so, um, you know, to have it be manifesting so extremely, um, the way it did, I just, I feel like it's a, it's a blessing that it was just leaky gut and not something else. And so anyway, so I, I went on this journey of, you know, finding the things that would work and, and thankfully, you know, learning a lot of information along the way to help other people. And now I will tell you that one of the things that you can do, that's going to be super awesome for your gut health is not just um, cutting out some of those things, but adding in, um, real living probiotics. And, um, one of those is, is sauerkraut. So who loves sauerkraut? like no not at all like Like, you couldn't pay me money to eat I could do maybe like kimchi I like pickled things okay so pickled things are great because they're fermented so fermented foods are so good for your gut fermented foods are are amazing so sauerkraut kimchi um kombucha do you guys like kombucha I like kombucha okay so all (laughs) (laughs) no but I do like pickles so I'll eat a pickle Pickles are delicious. And, you might and just need to find the right kombucha. There's some good ones out, like the mango mystic or whatever. Yeah. I love that one. That's my favorite. Yeah. There's, there's some really good ones. And, and you can get to the point, like where I'm at right now, I actually brew my own kombucha. It's so easy. It's easy, easy to do at home. I've tried to make my own sauerkraut. Didn't go over that great. Um, and didn't taste as good as the fresh refrigerated stuff from Costco. That's what I tell everyone to go get because it's actually crunchy like a pickle and it tastes super yummy. Um, but you know, that that's really what I tell people is start with the first thing you eat in the day 
is a big old tablespoon of sauerkraut. Does that sound crazy? Yes. <laughs> I didn't even pause. Yes, that sounds crazy. <laughs> but it it will do wonders for your gut because your like you said, your gut is like your second brain. And so really whatever you put into your body first thing. So we're not talking about um you know whether it's breakfast, lunch, whatever that might be. You can do intermittent fasting. It doesn't matter the breaking your fast. So the very first thing that you put into your body in the day is going to be really, really important because that is going to get your gut going and your system going on whatever you have fed your body. So if you're starting it with sugar, your body's going to want sugar. If you're starting it with, um, you know, some, some oatmeal, that's, you're going to want those things that are feeding and nourishing your body. If you're starting it with protein, your body's going to, you know, be asking for more of that. And when you're starting with a fermented food, like sauerkraut, you're waking up all of that good bacteria in your gut and your gut's happy. And it's saying, "Mm, this is great. And I want more. So that's why I always recommend. And if you can't do it first thing, that's okay. At least start with, um, non-sugary, non-dairy things to start your day. And and to break that fast, very first thing that you eat in the day, and then add, you know, some of those fermented foods in later, whether it's, you know, drinking a bottle of kombucha or having some sauerkraut or grab some pickles, eat some of those, (laughs) eat eat something that's going to be fermented and feed your belly with those happy, good things that are, that are going to make it want to do what it, what it really wants to do, which is produce for your body, those good endorphins, those hormones, all of those things that are going to keep us running. That's what our bodies want to do. But we're actually the ones that are, I realized, at least for me and my story, um, I was the one hindering that I wasn't feeding it the things it needed. And it was getting so overrun with all of the bad bacteria that it was damaging my system. And so I had to heal all of that. And the good news is that once all of that's healed, you can start to add in, you know, some gluten, some of the dairy, some of, listen, I love dairy probably as much as one of my children. I love dairy. (laughs) I do. And I, I, I mean, I love it that much. And I, especially cheese, like I love cheese. I, I can give up milk, but I, like, I do love cheeses. I love um, I love ice cream. I love all of that kind of stuff, but it, it wasn't loving me back. And if I have too much, it definitely doesn't love me back. So, um, you know, but you can add that in, in small amounts once you have healed your gut. And once you've gotten past, um, you know, a lot of those symptoms, you can add those things in because even though dairy is really irritating to your gut and your intestines, and it's inflammatory in little bits and not all the time, um, your body can handle it. And so if you've got a healthy body, a healthy gut, if you have things that are unhealthy every once in a while, no big deal. It's, it's the 80, 20 rule is what I try to try to go by 80% healthy, good stuff. And 20% of the not so great stuff for us, you know? So question. Yeah. Kind of take us back a step. Sorry. Yeah. 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 For our audience, those who don't know, so it's kind of twofold. So what can you explain what leaky gut is? And how did they, how did your like doctors know that that's what you had? Like after you went through your evaluation, cause you thought you had celiac, like how did they distinguish between, you know, I know that they can do blood tests and stuff for celiacs, but what's the criteria for, you know, leaky gut? Yeah, absolutely. So leaky gut is, um, and it sounds kind of gross, you guys, but it's actual holes in your intestine um, that your, your intestines start to break down and the, the, the food that you've 
digested in your stomach starts to leak out into your system instead of being absorbed into your, so that's what your intestines do. They absorb all of the nutrients and all of the, the goodness in your body. Um, they absorb that and that's how your body gets nutrition. And so if you have leaky gut and your intestines aren't working properly to uh, absorb all that nutrition, you're, you're going to lack, you know, vitamins, minerals, you're going to lack, um, the energy that you would normally have. And it's going to cause, you know, havoc on your system also, like it did for me, where you might have really violent, um, symptoms and reactions to eating foods because your body's saying enough, this isn't, you know, I, I can't deal with this anymore. And so, um, so that's kind of, you know, what leaky gut is, which it's, it's pretty, um, it's just not pretty when you, <laughs> when you talk about it, it's, it's really not like this glamorous thing. I know that there's so much around, um, leaky gut, gut health, all of that kind of stuff. And it's pretty crazy because, you know, we talk about the things to keep our bodies healthy and, and it's not the glamorous stuff that really keeps our bodies healthy, but it's really important stuff that we've got to do because if we don't, then we have issues and we, we don't get to live that more fulfilling life that we want, you know, and pursue the dreams that we have or being there for our families or whatever it might be. And so really, really important things to take care of. And for me, like you said, um, with celiac, you can do blood tests. They can actually do scopes. Um, I didn't get to the point of doing scopes or anything like that, but they can tell through those, those tests, whether you have, whether or not you have celiac disease. Um, and fortunately, like I said, I did not. And so that's when we started looking into leaky gut, gut health, all of those kind of things and healing that instead of going over into, um, celiac. So what were your symptoms? You were like, I was sick. So were you throwing up diarrhea, like all of it? Yeah, I was, it would, it was like violent vomiting just a few hours after I would eat. And wow. so it wouldn't even get through my system. It was like the second that my, I ate something, not the second, but a couple of, and I could almost time it. It was almost two hours after I would eat something. Um, I would just be vomiting. And so, you know, and whether that was whatever time of day, usually it was more of the evenings. Um, but I, I was eating more of those meals with my family, but, and that was one thing that, um, you know, I, I would talk to my husband, I would be like, are you guys feeling sick? I, I was so confused because we all ate the same thing for dinner. And yet I'm sitting here two, two and a half hours later, you know, over the toilet vomiting and thinking, what is wrong with me? I really, I mean, I really, really felt like I was going to die and it was happening like probably three to four times a week. And so I was sitting here going, this cannot continue. And, but here, here's the other thing is that when I said, you know, I was giving myself to my kids and I was really, you know, just focused on them. This isn't something that just all of a sudden happened. I was, I was having these type of symptoms probably a year or two before they got this severe. So I would have probably every couple months, I would have an episode of being ill after eating, you know, we go going out to eat or something like that. And, um, and then it just got worse and worse and worse to where it got to once a month that was happening. And then it was, you know, a couple times a month. And then it really got to that point where, like I said, it was a couple times a week, um, you know, to three, four times a week that I was like, there's something really wrong with me. I, yeah, and, yeah. 
And, you know, like I said, I really feel like I'm blessed because it wasn't something more severe. It wasn't something, you know, that was, um, wasn't as easily fixed as leaky gut. But if someone else is out there suffering and thinking, wow, I, I don't know what's happening. You know, I'm eating the same things as my family and my body's reacting to it this way. It might be that you have really severe leaky gut, just like I did. Mm. I wonder if I had like a little bit of leaky. There, I used to get really triggered if I ate garlic or onions, mm. like my, I would almost be doubled over, like in so much pain, like I'm going to throw up everywhere. And then I did this like detox program and it was very much no gluten, no dairy, no sugar. And then also like no nightshades, like very, very clean food. And I did it for a month or it may have been seven weeks. It may have been a seven week program. I did it. And then ever since then I can eat onions and garlic and it doesn't affect me at all, at all. But I have noticed recently in the last like probably two or three months that I've noticed mm, if I eat something that's heavy in garlic or heavy in raw onion, like my stomach doesn't feel great. And so I'm like, Oh, maybe it's yeah. coming back. Yeah. And it, and it's probably, and you know, our bodies build up in intolerances to certain foods if we eat them a lot, or if they're irritating to us, you know, things like that. So like you said, going off of that, healing your gut a little bit more, it makes your gut stronger to be able to handle those things that it, it's maybe not so tolerant to. So you might have a sensitive sensitivity to onions and garlic and, yeah. but you know, it's okay. As long as you're not eating them all the time or in large amounts. And, and if your gut is pretty healthy so that when you do eat them, you're kind of like, okay, I'm, I can handle that, you know, no, no big deal. But when you've it compounds time over time and continually going more and more and more of the symptoms, then yeah, you're, you're going to have big issues. So, but it's, it does sound like taking out some of those things that are irritants, the dairy, the gluten, you know, the sugar, the processed foods, all of those things that do irritate our, our gut and start inflammation and inflammation is the beginning of disease, you know? So if we're, if our systems are inflamed, then we are, um, we've set ourselves up for disease to start to grow and to, to fester in our body. And so that's one of, you know, another part of, of just living a holistic life of de-stressing, you know, all of those kind of things. So as you're working on not only what you put into your body so that your, your insides are, are doing well, but, you know, de-stressing is a huge part of that too, you know, doing, doing those things that are going to help you to not have that inflammation, because as you get rid of inflammation and de-stress and everything in your life, that's going to help your gut to work better too. So if you do eat something that you might be kind of sensitive to, your gut's not going to react as extremely because you're not stressed out like crazy, you know? Yeah. It's hard to get rid of all of those things though. <laughs> a lot of people like de-stress your life. Like, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Well, and really, I mean, it's, it's impossible to do all of that. Yeah. Right. And so it's, it's just the little, it's the little things every day. And that's really, that's really kind of where I try to focus and keep things is little tiny changes. You, you know, I had someone tell me they were talking to me once and they were like, I just, I can't do everything you're doing. And I said, listen, <laughs> I didn't start here. I didn't start making my own kombucha. I didn't start, you know, doing my own sourdough bread and, you know, and all the other things I said, I started with 
one change. And I'll tell you what that one change was. I stopped drinking soda. That was the first step in like truly moving to changing my whole life and my diet, you know? And so that was the first thing that I, I really was like, this is one thing that I can say, I'm going to stop doing, I'm going to take out the sugar. I'm going to take out the, the chemicals, the other things that are in that. And, you know, and it may be for other people, that's not their first step, but you choose one thing and just do that one thing. And then once you've got that, I mean, you guys know when you start something new, it's all overwhelming, but once you've done something, a new job or something like that, um, once you've been there for a couple months, you're like, Oh, I could totally add on. And, And I would know I would be able to handle it because I've got this part down. That's how, that's how your health journey has to be too. Your, your health journey has to be, okay, I'm, I, that's what I did. I cut out soda when I got over and I'm telling you, oh, you guys, after my fifth baby, I was like, so addicted to my Coke and my Dr. Pepper. I was like, it's how I survived. I, I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, my husband would bring me some after he got home from work because he was like, I knew you would need this. And I would take a sip and I would be like, it was like a calm came over my body. <laughs> it was like, it was like what I needed to drink so that I could get through the rest of the night. And that's when I realized that I was like, I don't want, I don't want anything in my life to be like, I have to go for that in order to feel calm. I want to be able to do that myself. And I was like, okay, I'm done with this. And it was a month of misery because I was going through withdrawals from the caffeine and the sugar headaches. I mean, it was, it was awful, but I pushed through and I'm really glad. But like I said, you gotta, you've got to start small. You've got to choose one thing, master that, and then go, okay, I've got that done. Now I'm going to choose something else to focus on. Coke Coke used to be a vice of mine. I used to drink it like incessantly. And then I got really sick um, back in like the end of 2011, 2012 and was in the hospital and they were trying to, you know, come to find out I have autoimmune, like pretty significant autoimmune issue that took them a really long time to figure out what that was. But going into that, I had, was a regular Coke drinker. I won't say I was like addicted to it, but I liked Coke. I drank it. I didn't shy away from it. I, you know, we had it in the house and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then after that, like I had, I grew an aversion to it. Like I could not drink it. It made me feel ill every time I had a sip of it. Now, now I can have it occasionally, but I only get it. Like if we go out, it's like a, tr- it's like a treat. And then I feel awful after drinking <laughs> it, but I only get it. Like if it's fountain, you know, like fountain Coke is really good. Like with lots of ice, you know, I don't know why, but every once in a while, that's really good. But then the next day I'm like, ah, like I feel awful. Like, and I, and I can trace it back to the fact that I had had a, that I'd had a Coke, um, nothing against Coke. I mean, right. Right. I, I, I loved it for years and years and years. And I even had like the Coke, you know, the Coke glasses and had gone to world of Coke in Atlanta and like was super stoked about that. <laughs> and they have, they have this room there where you can try all these different Coke products like from all over the world. It's amazing. Anyway, um, I was like, you know, that's how much I love Coke. I mean, I really did love it. I I just can't drink it at all anymore. And I do have gastro issues and have had reoccurrent diverticulitis and have had a section of my colon removed. So I know 
you know, and they tell you when you, you know, when you meet with your gastro, like you really need to be eating more whole foods. And so really, mm-hmm. you know, cut back on this. It's all they basically, it's all the same recipe. You know, they all want you to kind of do the same stuff. I even tried gluten-free for several months that really didn't, I've never been diagnosed with celiac. I wasn't, it didn't even show up as a sensitivity, but I tried it because I was willing, you know, you, you get to a point where you're willing to try anything. You're like, okay, I'll try it. And it just didn't, it didn't help. It didn't make me feel any better, but I noticed cutting, cutting back on my sugar really, really did. And, um, because I am a sugar, sugar addict, I love sweets. Like I'm the person I said, I, I could give up alcohol any day. Like I could not, I could go the rest of my life without having another glass of wine or another cocktail or whatever, but I could not. And I still believe this. I cannot give up sweets. Like I am a dessert person. I have sweet tooth. Like that is my vice, but I have been able to find different alternatives. I've switched to monk fruit sweetener which That's to me, sugar. it tastes just, I mean, it tastes as close as you can get to sugar. Um, it doesn't always like translate in baking recipes and stuff like that, but I can use it in my coffee in the morning and I can, you know, I can get by, I can get by without it. I've found that that has helped. And I know that that is one of my things. I think it was really a lot of sugar and I'm, something I'm taking steps towards. So like I had gotten off the wagon and started feeling like crap again. And so just generally living, that was one of my new year's resolutions, which we had a, a, a an episode about that a few weeks ago. And one is just generally trying to be healthier. So I am taking those baby steps, those one things, what's the one thing that you're going to do. And for me, it was, okay, I got to, I got to cut back on the sugar again. I got to as much as possible, not eat things with added sugar. And so that was, that was, well, actually that was step number two, step number two. I started doing that. I started cutting back on it. I still had some, but then I started doing intermittent fasting. And so I've been doing that for a couple of weeks now, and then really, really cut back on the sugar starting this week. Really. I'm I've gone to no added sugar this week, only using monk fruit and then stuff that naturally has sugar in it. So like berries and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And natural sugar is great. And And we need, our body actually needs sugars and natural sugars are what gives us that instant energy, you know? So that that's when you think of sugar, not all sugar is bad. I mean, definitely processed sugar is more of what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. And I, I love, I love hearing, you know, the things that you've done to, to change, you know, to, to add different things in, add a different sweetener instead of regular sugar, you know, those kind of things. I think that that gives other people hope that, you know, there, there's other alternatives out there and, and there's ways to get healthier and to, and I love too, that you said that you can't even really drink Coke anymore. I, you guys, I mean, I can drink soda. Okay. Now, and now I will sometimes take a sip of like my husband's drink or something, but it doesn't even taste good. Like kind of like you were saying, like it, it doesn't even taste like the way it used to, to me. And And so I don't want that, but part of that, and I was going to tell you about this, that as you're making those changes and when you're taking a drink of, you know, soda or something now, our bodies and our cells regenerate every 30 days. And so whatever we're putting into our body for that 30 days is what's building those new cells. And so if you aren't, you know, putting a whole bunch of sugar or a whole bunch of soda or whatever into your body during those 30 days, 
your data, your cells are going to want to feed on what they're built with, right? That's what they're going to want to want to be um, fed with. And so if you're trying even for 30 days, okay, I'm going to do more whole foods. I'm going to do, you know, whatever step it is you're trying to take, or I'm going to cut out, you know, dairy or, or the sugar or the gluten for this amount of time, it actually does get easier. And you start to crave those healthier things because your body is literally become healthier because it's made of different building blocks than it was the previous month before, which I think is also another like beautiful, beautiful part of our body. Isn't there like a saying that says it takes like three, is it like three weeks of doing something for it to become a habit or something like that? I forget what it is, but there's some kind of saying out there that it generally takes 21 days or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Three weeks of doing something repetitively or, you know, for it to become a habit. So like, and I think that that's probably true. I think for me, especially, I mean, if I can, if I can see through for, for three weeks, and I'm very non-committal, so it's hard for me to get through <laughs> three weeks. It's hard for me to get through three weeks. But when I have in the past, and I, you know, I did a good, I will say, a good long stretch of, uh, you know, keto with my husband, mm-hmm. and we did it together, and it, it was great. And I did lose some, you know, I did lose some weight on it, but it's one of those things that's hard to maintain because it is so restrictive, but it was good because it was low carb. It was like no sugar. It was, you know, like you didn't eat a lot of, but you ate a lot of cheese and you ate, (laughs) you ate a lot of protein and, you know, you were trying to get your body in ketosis. And so when you mess up, it's all that work goes out the window. So it's like you, you, you know, all it takes is one thing. And then basically it's just like, well, I just ingested however many grams of fat to keep up with this keto. And then I messed it up by eating that, that dessert at dinner when we went out because I couldn't resist. And then, so basically I just had a really fat day. (laughs) Yeah. So my husband can sustain it because he's not you know, he's not a sugar fiend like I am. Like he could live off of the keto diet for the rest of his life. Me, on the other hand, that's not how I function, especially after COVID hit. Then I was like, I need carbs. I need, you know, like I'm stressed. Like that's, I eat my emotion, every emotion I eat. When I'm happy, I eat. When I'm sad, I eat. When I'm bored, I eat. When I'm, you know, when I'm stressed, I eat. So it's, it's one of those things. And I, my natural tendency is to, is, carbs, you know, usually something sweet or something, you know, not great for me, but I have made those choices along the way. And now I'm like, okay, I need to, I know I need to do more whole food. I know I need to like cut out all the processed crap. And we know what we're, I think most of us know what we're supposed to do. It is breaking the bad habits. Yeah. Samantha, what, what are your recommended, what are your recommended diets or do you have one? You know what? I don't, I'm not a huge, like strict diet kind of person. I, and, and I'm not a dietitian. So, and I don't, I don't, you know, put myself out there as that. Um, you know, I'm, I'm more focused on the whole picture of our bodies. And so I think that one thing brought up was keto and ketosis and something that, and another thing she brought up that I really love that I'm, I'm a huge advocate for is intermittent fasting. I think that I know for myself and many other people, we do tend to 
overeat and eat our emotions and everything else. And so part of intermittent fasting for me has been gaining control over, you know, the emotional side too, and not masking that with food and eating, but really having to kind of look at, look at my emotions. And there's a physical side of that that is amazing your body does burn more fat when you are fasting and you are in ketosis. And the other thing is that your body regenerates faster when you're fasting, your immune system is like on hyperdrive when you're fasting. And so there's so many things that are really, really good about fasting for our bodies. It helps to detoxify our body. I mean, so many amazing things that happen with intermittent fasting. And so I really feel like Anytime that you say, I, I'm going to, you know, cut this out of my, my life. I'm going to, you know, get rid of this, or I can't have this. This is a, this is a, you know, this is a no, no, you know, food or whatever over here. I think that all that does to our brains is makes us want it more. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and so I, I'm not a huge advocate of that. I, I really think it's moderation in all things. Like I said, the 80, 20 rule of try and do the best you can 80% of the time of whole foods, healthy things, good things for your gut, good things for your body, building your brain, you know, all of those kind of things. And, and if 20% of the time, you know, it, I love sweets too. I mean, Beth, I'm right there with you. I, I love, I love to, you know, I, the other day I was telling my kids like, oh, let's make some cookies. Let's, you know, whatever. And, and that's okay. It's okay to indulge in those things. I think it's just a matter of balance and, if there are some more serious issues though, I think it is looking at making sure that you do have fermented foods in your diet, that you do have whole foods in your diet and you're not eating a ton of processed foods. You know, if your whole diet is coming from cans, you know, uh, jars and bags, uh, from the, the pantry, that's probably not the best thing, you know? And, and I've been there. I've, I've been at points in my life where that was a lot of my diet and, and I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that's not probably the best things to be choosing and reaching for. But the other thing that I will say is that even though I don't advocate for one certain diet or one certain way of, of doing things, you've got to find what's best for you. You will eat what you buy. So when you go to the store and if your goal is, I don't want to eat as many processed foods, stop buying those things, you know, mm -hmm. stop, stop getting those things at the store because, you know, that's one thing when I stopped drinking soda, I stopped buying soda. <laughs> I stopped buying sugary drinks and juices and things like that, that I was never a huge, um, juice mom for my kids and things like that. I would, and if I did get them juice, it was a treat. And I cut it like with half, half water and half juice, just because they didn't really know the difference. And, um, but I stopped buying those things and they drink water, you know, I mean, yeah. that's what we drink and that's what I drink. And so, you know, if you aren't buying those things, you don't have them readily accessible. You're not going to, to eat them. So instead, when you buy a big bag of carrots and you want something crunchy, you're going to eat the carrots instead of, you know, going to grab the bag of chips or something. So yeah. I think so, a lot of it too is like eating for convenience too. Like, yeah. and that's where, I, that's where I get into a lot of trouble is like, so with this intermittent fasting and with trying to do more whole foods, like I've been doing like prepping little bags of cucumber, prepping bags full of, you know, carrots and berries, you know, having things ready to go. Because if I, 
go into the fridge and I'm working from home now. So I don't really have like the convenience factor, but I'm still in that. It's still a habit to grab what's convenient. So if I don't have stuff, I know this about myself. Like if I don't have stuff like prepped and ready to go for me to just grab, because I don't want to take time out of my workday to, to do that. And I'm going to grab what's convenient. So I have to have stuff pre, you know, ready to go. Like I'll make yeah. a sandwich. That doesn't take very much time, but like, I, you know, or a wrap or a salad, like, but like cutting up vegetables or fruit or something, you know, like, or I could grab this, you know, little bag of chips that I have for my kids, you know, like I'm, you know, I'm going to grab what's convenient. So I have to prepare myself. Yes. You definitely you know. have to prep. I have one of those like bar, you know, those bar condiment things that usually has like the cherries and the oranges and the mm-hmm. lemons, and the, uh-huh. but I, I will pre-cut all my vegetables and do salad bar. And then my whole family will do it. I'll just pull that sucker out and some lettuce and everybody can just pre make their, make their salad as they want. Um, but that makes it super convenient. And then my brother-in-law, he took all the condiments out of his, you know, like when you open the refrigerator and the condiments are usually on the door, he (laughs) took all of the condiments out and put them in the drawer and he fills all, he fills the door with fruits and vegetables and all this. So it's there. So you open the thing and you're like, bam, all right, there's some celery. I'll grab that. If you prepped it. I love that. Yeah. That is such a good idea. I Cause I, I don't how, I mean, the only condiment we use here and my daughter is like addicted to ketchup. That's the, that's like the one, <laughs> one big one, but we don't hardly ever use them in there anyway, but yeah, you have to prep. If I prep my whole family eats better. Oh, absolutely. And, yeah. and think of like when you prep, just like you said, when you have it out, that's what your kids eat because mm-hmm. that's, what's convenient. That's what's there, you know? And so, and we're all wired that way, you know, I mean, if it's convenient and it's there, that's what they're going to eat. And so if we've prepped uh, veggies and cut up our cucumbers or put, or put it out on a fancy tray, mm-hmm. my kids will devour that, you know, oh, they'll yeah. eat the apples, they'll eat the carrots, they'll eat all of that stuff. And it won't even think twice about it or ask for anything else because it's there, it's prepped and it's, it's presented to them, you know? Yeah. Okay. I have a question about, I want to talk about prebiotics and probiotics. Mm-hmm. And cause you were saying get natural. I'm always very confused. Well, you know, what is the difference between them? Mm-hmm. What's the best way to get them? Mm-hmm. And like, I know if we take antibiotics, a lot of times they're like, you need to take probiotic or a prebiotic afterwards because it kills mm-hmm. all the bacteria in your system. So what is your take? What are these things? What, what are they? And what's the best way to get them? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, okay. So, uh, probiotic is going to be basically what it is, is healthy bacteria. It's a living organism. Okay. And it has to eat something, which is a prebiotic. And so prebiotics are like fibers. Um, oat is a great prebiotic. So you're wanting to, to eat healthy things to feed the good bacteria. That's all it is, is you want good, healthy bacteria Because what happens in our gut is that when we eat a lot of sugar, that is not a prebiotic. Sugar feeds yeast. And so when you have yeast, an overrun of yeast or candida that people talk about, um, that's when you start to get really bad issues with gut. And so we want good bacteria to fight off the the yeast and the bad bacteria, because that's also, yeast is all a, a living organism too, in and of its own little... 
it's a, it's a, our guts are the, their own little world, their own little microbiome. And so um, we want the healthy, good stuff to fight off the things that can get out of control. You know, it's a checks and balances kind of a thing. Um, and like I said, fermented foods are the best place to get probiotics, the absolute best place to get probiotics because they are living, you know, organisms. It's, it's, it is the bacteria is living, it's growing, you know, it's multiplying and it's healthy and happy. Like if you've ever seen, or maybe go Google, um, kombucha and, you know, brewing kombucha, you can, you can taste it as you go through the brewing process. Like, um, and it's really a fermentation process and, um, you can taste at the beginning, you can taste that there's, you know, some sugars and maybe a little bit of fermentation. And by the end, it can be, if you've gone too long, it's eating all the sugars up, which is what you want it to do, but not to the point where it's vinegary and yeah. that, and that's where it can get to. And so, um, and that's it. You think of that same process in your gut. So, you know, outside, it's kind of like a seeing it from the outside and, but you want those healthy bacteria. So absolutely fermented foods, like we talked about sauerkraut, kombucha, kimchi, all of those things are great places to get it. Of course, if you get a, um, I do love supplements. I love nutritionals. I love all of those things. Um, I think if you really research, you can find some good, um, probiotics that you can, you can get. Most of them, I will tell you a really, really good one. You probably want refrigerated because most of those things, if they're not living in their normal environment, um, are going to need to be refrigerated to keep the potency. And so, you know, and so you want to look at the different strains that are in there. Usually you want like at least three different strains in your, um, probiotics. And, um, like I said, refrigerated is usually best too. And so that way, you know, that they're going to be potent, stay potent, um, all of those things. Yeah. And your doctor can actually prescribe you, um, the, the, the probiotic, uh, when you, they, they will often prescribe it to me when they have to put me on a pretty potent antibiotic. And, um, it's usually, I have to put it straight in the fridge because that's usually what they call it, like, like live culture or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's good. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And I was just going to tell you, so a lot of people, and I think there's a lot of really good marketing around yogurt as probiotics. And here's, here's the the bad news about most yogurt is most yogurt is going to, from the dairy and the sugar that's included in it, it's going to be worse for your gut and for your health than not eating it at all. So the, the nutritional the nutri- I know, I know. I don't eat it very often, but that <laughs> I, I, I try to stay away from the sugary one. Yeah. But yeah. you know, you're probably right. I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. It is. It is. And it's, and they put on there, you know, there it's a, it's an active culture, but the truth is that the active culture of the probiotic is negated by the sugar and the dairy that's irritating your stomach and your system. And so really and truly, unless you're making your own yogurt, or if you're using, um, there are a couple of brands out there that are, that are okay, but look at your sugars, look at, you know, look at what you're getting. Um, but it really, I would just say yogurt. Yeah. Don't, (laughs) don't go there. (laughs) Oh my God. So do you seriously, like in the morning, does your husband wake up and eat a big handful of sauerkraut? (laughs) 
No, he thinks I'm nuts. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, Pretty much. uh, Yeah, no, he's, he's amazing. And he totally supports me in whatever I do, but he does not eat the sauerkraut with me and he does not start his day that way. Um, No, I, I eat sauerkraut and that has been amazing for me. Maybe one day I will get him to like get on board with me, but at this point, no, he doesn't. <laughs> I, think and, Brian and, I think our husbands would do it. I think Brian and Aaron would do it. Maybe like Aaron just, would do it. Yeah, I mean, I he likes, he likes that kind of thing. Yeah. So, Aaron, Aaron does the, um, he used to do like the, the apple cider vinegar, like he would mm-hmm. like drink a couple teaspoons or tablespoons of apples. And I'm like, Ooh, like just straight up. I can see that. Vinegar. I love vinegar. So he, and that's amazing too. Apple cider vinegar, just make sure that has the mother with it, which you'll see on the bottle. If, if it says yeah. mother, it's similar to, you know, a kombucha culture. So it, yeah, it, it has, has to have that. The, it has to have the, the pulp or whatever yeah. it is that's in there. It has to, it can't be clear. <laughs> Yes, exactly. If it's the clear stuff, then it's not, not worth drinking. So it's just a brag, sorry. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I had other, I had another question for you too. Oh, so I wanted to know, okay. So I know people can't see you, but they could go follow you and see you. Like you're, you're just gorgeous. Like you're beautiful. You're beautiful. Um, (laughs) Thank you. You guys are making me (laughs) blush. So when you, I mean, obviously when you were throwing up, you weren't beautiful at the time when you're going through your gut problems, but when you made this change, did you see a physical change in your body? Yeah, absolutely. You know what? It's interesting because when I was going through, you know, I, and our bodies as women, they're so amazing. They're so amazing, you know, to carry children, nurse them, you know, all those kind of things and be able to do that over and over and over. And but I had had my last baby and the weight was not coming off. And I just felt sluggish. I felt yucky, all of those kind of things started having these, you know, digestive issues and gut problems. And it's really interesting because when I did heal my gut, everything else started to fall in place. And so I was able to get rid of that last little bit of baby weight. Um, my hair started growing in better my skin looked better, you know, all of those kind of things. So you absolutely, um, you know, do see changes physically on the outside when you start to heal your inside. And that's one thing that I do tell people a lot of times, you know, if you've got eczema that you're suffering with, or, um, you know, other, other things that breakouts, you know, the, that is a manifestation of things that are going on inside of your body. Um, that really you need to look on the inside and healing your gut detoxifying. Um, you know, I'd love, uh, I have an herbal detox I take daily that I love because it unlocks those, those places in our body that we tend to store toxins and, and that is in fat soluble cells. And so, you know, you've got, you've got to do all of that so that your body can function at its highest ability And when you do, when you release those toxins, when you make sure your gut is healthy, when you do all of these things, it allows your body to perform at its peak. And then you can have your skin look its best, have your, you know, your body look its best, all of those kind of things. So yeah, it all goes together. Absolutely. Oh, I have eczema. Like I get, I go through waves of flare. Oh my gosh. It's horrible. It's horrible. It's so itchy. 
Mm-hmm. I'll like go in the shower and scald myself because I don't want to itch it to because I break my skin. So I oh. go in the shower and I burn my skin c- to just get the relief. And I have oh. all the ointments and creams and I I like that you said that like that women's bodies are amazing. Like I agree with that, but I have a tendency to feel like, God, it sucks to be a woman because, <laughs> because and, I, and this is a lot of what Dana and I like used to talk about all the time when we worked together was like, you know, and I think, but when you said that, I kind of had this epiphany, like we, as women, our bodies are built to do all these things that men's bodies don't do. You know, like mm-hmm. we are, we are built to grow humans inside of us and then feed that human. And then, you know, later in life, like that stuff all starts to shut down, you know, and that presents this whole other, you know, hormonal, you know, thing that kind of, you know, just literally sucks for women, for women, we have to go through this, but men kind of have this stay constant and I know their bodies change some, you know, like they do have some stuff that happens to them, but not as aggressive and as traumatic as women's bodies go through. So as you're sitting, as I'm listening to you say that, I'm like, you know, yeah, we are, you know, we, we are awesome. Like we do all this amazing stuff and yeah, it sucks that we have to, you know, go through that, but man, we, we grew humans and we do, you know, like we did all this amazing stuff. So, okay. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't change. I wouldn't trade. I would never want to be a man. Like I would not, I would not trade no. those experiences to not have my body be in flux constantly. Like yeah. seriously, men couldn't handle this. Let's <laughs> <laughs> be honest. Well, I, you know what I, I used to think, and this is part of, you know, like I said, that emotional part of what I love to focus on too, um, is I used to think, you know, kind of, kind of that same way of like, oh, you know, this is a pain, all of those kind of things. But even I've gotten even to the point of, of being thankful and grateful, even for monthly cycles, because men don't, men don't get to experience that. And yes, there are, you know, some, some negatives to those things, but we renew all the time. Our bodies are constantly as women, like changing and renewing and remaking ourselves. And I just think that that is powerful. I think that there's so much power in that. And so much, um, like we're, we're really awesome. We really are. Not to be a Debbie Downer, but wait till you get into the perimenopausal phase. (laughs) (laughs) But then when you get out of it, I'm heading heading straight for, you know, head first into that storm right now. And you know, I mean, I think I told my husband the other day, I was like, I think my vagina is dying. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, I mean, I mean, it's not, but you know, I was being dramatic and, you know, just one of those things. Like I am, you know, right now I'm like at a point in my life where like, I'm, you know, it's not fun, you know, Mm -hmm. at this phase in life and, you know, where your period starts, you know, your cycle starts being erratic two weeks. I'm like, are you kidding me? No, like, this is not fair. You know, like, this is not fair to have a cycle for two weeks. Like I, I, you know, I'm not, can I just get a break? Can I just, (laughs) can I just get a break? Like, it's fun. All right. Smith, I have a question for you on gut health. Like if our listeners or us, I have a feeling Beth and I are both going to be like, Hmm, maybe this is what we need to be doing. Um, (laughs) 
where would you recommend people like just start to go and, you know, hey, let's, this is a good resource for you. Oh, that's a good question. I should probably put something together, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, I know I'm like, as you're saying that, I'm like, I should put together like a, a good resource of like on my website of, you know, recommendations and things like that. So th- actually that's something that I can work on. Is, All right. You work yeah. on that. And then we'll, okay. so where I'll tell you what, we'll go to that part. Where do we find you? Yeah. Um, you can find me at synergizesoul.com or if you can't find that, or if you, you know, the link or anything like that, um, in the, in the show notes and stuff, um, you can always go to samanthavickers.com also. So. so you're a coach. So do you, you do coaching sessions? Yes. Mm-hmm. Are you do one-on-ones? Or do you group? Um, I do both. And so, but yeah, and, and yeah, all of those things are on my website and yeah, offering and a lot of, um, a lot of group coaching, especially with podcasting and things like that, um, you know, through Patreon and, you know, just meeting and giving people more information, um, more advice and, and things like that, that way too. Awesome. Okay. Well, we'll put it in the show notes. Awesome. Um, so people can find you, but now we have, we always ask our guests and we kind of prepped you prior to tell us a story of kindness. Beth and I kind of had, we have a kindness, um, focus on our podcast where we, we're trying to re-energize kindness in the world a little bit. And sometimes it helps to just hear a great story and to remind you that there are, you know, most of the people in the world are good. Um, Absolutely. And I love that you guys have that focus because kindness is um, something that is, you know, near and dear to my heart also. And so I've been pondering about that and thinking about it. And um, I recently um, have just felt like an extra, just an extra love from uh, two people actually in my life um, that sent me some unexpected, uh, unexpected treat and gift in the mail. And so I, I think that as a society, we've moved away from snail mail <laughs> and it's really a kind of a sad thing to me because I really love getting mail that I didn't order from Amazon. Um, and you know, and that's not a bill. And so I, I think that that was something, you know, one of my dear friends, just, she sent me a a treat, um, of baklava, which was delicious. And I just thought that was amazing. And so, so wonderful. And it was complete surprise. It's not like she texted me before and, you know, said, I'm sending this your way or anything like that. And so, um, I, I loved it. It made me feel loved and seen. And, um, so that is, you know, my story of kindness, uh, recently and my challenge for everyone else is to send some snail mail. It doesn't have to be a gift, but it could be, um, a note card just saying, you know, what you appreciate about someone and what you love about them, because it's really nice to receive mail that, like I said, you're not owing someone money or getting a credit card offer <laughs> or that you ordered yourself off of Amazon. <laughs> Yeah, that's a, that's when we, we have done this one before, but it's a, it's a great one. I've actually, I sent out my two cards last week, um, to two friends. One of my friends, we've actually sent mail back and forth to each other. And one time she sent me, and I am not shitting you. She sent me an, an ingrown hair that she had popped out of her leg and she taped it to, 
Cause I like love, like I have that sickness where I love zits and like ingrown hair and like, I'll watch those videos and stuff. <laughs> and Dr. Had, Pimple Popper. Yes. I love it. Love it. And she had popped this ingrown hair from her leg and it was probably like two inches long. It was long. And she was like, she popped it and she's like holding it and she's yelling for her husband, get me some tape, get me some tape. And she said, she put it on a piece of paper and she mailed it to me. Cause she knows I would appreciate, I mean, that's just gross, but that has it's happened. kind of gross. I'm not going to lie. I, I sent her, you know, I, you know, I'm, I watch those videos too. I can't lie. It's like a train wreck. You can't turn away, but <laughs> thank you, Samantha. It was really wow. awesome. Thank you so much. Um, we'll yeah. I know that I've got some more stuff to work on here. So yeah, me too. And the eczema, like I think about that, man, I'm itchy. Oh my God. I'm so itchy mm-hmm. all the time. Just remember it's, it's small changes. It's small changes. And then once you get that, you feel like you've mastered that, then you add something else. So small changes over time, they add up that that's really is, you know, the, the thought to keep in, in mind as you're, you know, trying to live a healthier life or trying to overcome any of these things, small changes, you know, a little bit at a time. Yep. I'm going to go get my, uh, sauerkraut next time I go to Costco <laughs> okay you have to get the stuff in the refrigerated sections though okay that's, that's the good stuff like don't buy canned sauerkraut like no well, no you need to get refrigerated fresh sauerkraut and it's crispy and yummy okay awesome well thank you for joining us um uh, all the sh- on the show notes you can find Samantha and she can help you on your journey. Thank you for joining us on What the 40-ish. If you liked what you heard and you want to hear some more, please hit that subscribe button, leave us a review, or share with your friends. We would love for you to follow us on Instagram at What the 40-ish. And remember, we're all just trying to make it through. So do something kind for someone else today. Even a smile goes a long way.